Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 266. This week we have Tucking Fox, Hunter's Night in London, Killing Classic Cinema, Trump's Coming Fanny Smack, The New Gang Law, The Mouse Hits Back, University Slush Funds, After Only Four Years, Patients May Get THC Oil, and The State of Georgia's GOP. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my part of this endeavor, Representative Emeritus, the man from down at the beach, Ken Pullen. <laughs> Good morning, Dave. Yes. Recording from Panama City. So where it is very rainy and cool. It's like the weather's been perfect for the last two weeks, and it's going to be perfect for the next two weeks. We just picked the worst time to go. Yeah. Anytime you plan something like that. And I know you guys are trying to get out and play golf and, and screw around and stuff. And I, I'm guessing those greens are going to be a bit slow. Heart path only, which means you have to walk about 10 miles when you play golf. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a different type of trip this year. <laughs> but I love all the headlines this week. This was uh, uh, quite a week to be to have a podcast. Uh, sort of like last week also, the, the headlines just keep writing themselves. I do. I do. Uh, we did get the news that Jerry Springer died. I know. Now, was uh, Jerry Springer sick or did, was this unexpected? Yes. Uh, pancreatic cancer. Okay. Which is one of the worst ones to have. Oh, it was, it was very quick from what, what I understand from diagnosis to, uh, to his death. Uh, I was never a huge Springer fan. Um, Mostly because I identified it even back in the early 90s when I was in high school as, you know, <laughs> the fall of society. But as, as far as television and, and entertainment goes, he was, he was groundbreaking. Oh, he was very entertaining. And who was the ball-headed guy on his show? Uh, Steve. Steve was the kind of the enforcer or the guy that stepped in front of everybody when they were fighting. So, yeah, he, yeah man, his I, show was very exciting. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what they did backstage to, to rile him up, but uh, <laughs> after I think after the first season or two, and look, I was never a talk show guy. I was, you know, I listened to the radio, but I did as far as like watching Donahue or Oprah or anything like that, really wasn't my thing. But you know, the the Springer Show really tapped into that 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 need for, that a lot of us have to to watch bum fights and 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 you know stop at a, at, at a train wreck. Oh, I know. And we, you know, look, I live down in Griffin. I think we had quite a few contestants on the Jerry Springer show. Uh, we, we could stock him with uh, participants for quite a few, quite a few years. And oddly enough, uh, uh, where Doc Holliday grew up. Yes. Yeah. We've got a statue of Doc Holliday in town. You know, he stepped down, I think in 1974, <laughs> back on Jerry Springer, not Doc Holliday. <laughs> uh, after it was, after it was discovered when he was running for re-election for city council, that he wrote a two hundred dollars check to a hooker. Wow! So back in nineteen seventy four, two hundred dollars for a hooker would have been fairly expensive. I was thinking the same damn thing. <laughs> I mean, how how much was a a, a new a new Mustang in seventy four? It was like fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> Man, who writes a check? By the way, uh, goodness. Yeah. Who, 
what first of all, what hooker takes a check? <laughs> she walk, you, you think walking that, into the that, local that, bank that and cashing a, it? <laughs> yeah, you would think that would be a, a, a cash transaction. It would seem. <laughs> but after that, after stepping down, because he initially denied it, that he admitted it, stepped down, and then won mayor of Cincinnati. Nice. Which is which, so, which mean, is it, one of the toughest jobs you can have being a mayor. <laughs> Of a, of a big city like that, yeah, yes. worst jobs. Cause, yeah, it's got to be the worst job. Because you're executive with uh, with without much actual authority, right? So, uh, we have Tucker is out. Yeah, right. So Tucker got fired this week, and it sounded like it became very personal with him and Rupert Murdoch. So the the reports I read said that. Rupert basically fired Tucker, told his uh, agent, and his agent told Tucker that he was out of there. So this happened really quick uh, with Tucker getting fired. So what are you hearing from a behind the scenes on what actually transpired here? Was it the settlement that they had to pay or was it something a little bit more personal? Uh, this is actually two stories that have been involved the, the same thing. Uh, he was accused of, of uh, calling it, uh, somebody else at, at the station the C word. Uh, oddly enough, an uh, uh, ESPN reporter got canned for the same thing yes. this week. It, it was a chick calling another chick the C word. Yeah, I saw that. And I saw there's another lawsuit against Tucker from one of his co-employees that actually never worked with him. It was a lady in the New York offices suing Tucker for like sexual harassment type stuff. Uh, yes, I don't, this is a, this is a strange one. Yeah. It, as far as, especially as, as highly rated as I think that show was. 3 million. Uh, yeah. 3 million users nightly were, were tuning in to Tucker's show. And I'm not, I w- I'm not a big Tucker's shtick fan. And, and what we find from, from the reports that are coming from behind the scenes is, he he was that was a shtick. Yes, it was. Uh, you know that the, that's not who he, who he was behind the scenes. Apparently, uh, they said he really did not like Trump. No, there were text messages that said he passionately hated President Trump. You know, so it was you know, and then he didn't believe the election deniers, uh, even though he was having who was the lawyer uh, that was defending Trump in Georgia. He was having her on the show promoting election conspiracies, even though he didn't believe it. Sean Hannity didn't believe it. But there's also the other side of it where I like Tucker's anti-war stance. He was, he would come out against uh, our foreign policy all across the, you know, the world. Other people say he was a really good guy. I read tons of articles on Twitter this week where Tucker would just reach out to people and ask them how they were doing, or he would have, you know, an influence in their life. So it was a, yeah, it seems like Tucker's a, Good guy, but playing a different character on TV. Yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah, and and another among the other firings was Don Lamont, which I don't think anybody at CNN nobody cared. Right? He'll he'll never have another job. I don't think in broadcasting. He'd have he'd have to go to some really off. Maybe he'll start a podcast. <laughs> uh, Tucker, I think, could actually start a, a, a video podcast and do just fine. I do too. Tucker is in demand. I don't think anybody wants Don Lemon. And I think one of the reasons, no. if you remember, Don got 
over the last three or four months, it's been uh, kind of turbulent for him at CNN. He called, he said Nikki Haley was past her prime when Nikki Haley is just in her mid fifties running for president, you know, on the Republican side of the house. And he had some very disparaging remarks about women at, at CNN. So he was, he was not very loved well, he over there. He, he doesn't, he doesn't dig chicks. Right. And uh, I, you know, he's a, he's a gay black man. And I think he thought he was untouchable. He could just say anything. And he was for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> he said some, some he he really did say a lot of just stuff that was that was that 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 made people shake their head. And then he acted like it was a promotion to go from prime time to the six o'clock in the morning show. <laughs> right. So who is replacing like, Tucker? By the way, you got anybody on your top five list? No idea. It's gonna be it's gonna be rotating uh, for the time being. Maybe they move Hannity. It won't be Dan Bongino. He got uh, he didn't get fired. His contract failed to get extended. Okay. Yeah. So who has that gravitas, uh, like that national gravitas, like Tucker did to replace him? I was trying to. I, I don't know if you could put him on prime time, but but uh, Gutfeld. And I said, what if they bring back Bill O'Reilly? But you said that is no chance of happening. I think that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. I'd Especially, like, uh, you know. Yeah, I agree. The re- the reason he left. Uh, was was his behavior off camera. And so I think that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yep. Yes, I don't know. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see who replaces him because that is a big time slot. And I don't know if you saw their viewers went down tremendously after Tucker left. So all those people were tuning in, not for Fox News, but they were tuning in to listen to Tucker at night. Well, yeah, what news? I mean, there was some news mixed in, but but... All those evening shows are opinion shows. Yes, they are. But then they'll break in with news or, or have an opinion about. I mean, as we sit here doing an opinion show. <laughs> but yeah, you didn't tune into Fox News at eight o'clock at night. You expecting to get the latest news unless there was something breaking. But it's it's interesting that you know Bongino was not was not a pro. He had a weekend show and had a couple of he would appear on things, but. Uh, he came out and said this was not a firing. It was it, this, we just we just couldn't get together on a contract. Okay, but that was a, a rash of firings. I mean, it, and several different companies all in one week and all in the media. <clears throat> so Hunter Biden has to answer to his baby mama. Yes, this has been a case for quite a while. That's been going on. Hunter Biden has uh, supposedly, you know, all this is in court, but he's got a four-year-old daughter out in Arkansas that he has never claimed to be his own. So a judge out in Arkansas said, Hunter, you have to show up on Monday, May 1st. So as this show is dropping, Hunter Biden has to show up in court in Batesville, Arkansas. I have no clue where Batesville is, uh, but they're going to do a paternity hearing out there to see if you know Hunter has to start paying child support. Is, is that where they make the caskets? <laughs> it may be. I've never heard of that, though. Um, there are a lot of strange things in Arkansas. Like it's home of JB Hunt. It's home of, of, uh, Walmart. Yep. Both I think are in Bentonville or in the area. Yeah. And, uh, and I was going to you know, I was going <clears> to <throat> say Biden is, you know, Biden has continually denied, uh, he's only said he's got four grandchildren. So if this goes through, Biden will have actually five grandchildren, uh, instead of the four that he's claiming today. 
Yeah, it was pointed out that Jill didn't hang a stocking for uh, what's what's this one? It's it the, the mother is is uh, oh it's Navy Jones Roberts. The yep. mother is London Roberts. Yep, Navy is, the, and they're trying to change the name of the child uh, and have Biden as the last name because they said the Biden name is now synonymous with being well educated, successful, financially acute, and politically powerful. So they so the the mother wants to have the daughter wants to have the Biden last name and probably for good reason. Well, here's the thing. If the if by if Hunter claims this is not his child, then she has every legal right to change that baby's name. If that is his child, uh he would uh should have input in it. Mm-hmm. But you know he had a she had a child support agreement. She did. So, so he is all but admitted this. This is his kid. I mean, DNA test came back and it was you know statistically impossible for it not to be his kid. Right. And this also brings up the Hunter Biden laptop story again because supposedly what the judge is looking into is how much child support he should pay, and a lot of the financial records of Hunter Biden's past are on the the laptop that he's, you know, that's been in the news for the last few years. So now the judge basically, that he's both, yeah. that, that, <laughs> that he has both said is his and it's my, my private property. You don't, you shouldn't have access to it. And it's not mine. Yes. He's claimed both sides of that story. Yeah. So this brings us some intriguing little details around the laptop coming back into the, into the fold. Right. Once it gets introduced into even a civil case as evidence and as his, there's, 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 there's no, I mean, no, no reasonable person doesn't think that laptop is his. I mean, <clears throat> who else has, has a hundred different pictures of Hunter Biden naked smoking crack with hookers? <laughs> what I find so intriguing about Hunter Biden now though, is if you notice when president Biden went to Europe last week, Hunter was beside him the entire trip. So he's really starting to play a bigger role. And his dad's, or he's starting to really hang around his dad more. So it's not like any of this stuff that's coming out is affecting him in a negative way. It's, hey, hey he's assuming a bigger responsibility now I, and a bigger role in the in the president's life. I, I, I think that's partially as a handler. Because um, Jill can't do it all. <laughs> yes, I agree. He's got, he's got to have somebody with him at all times. And the other thing is, he's he's essentially living at the White House. Mm-hmm. He is, yes. And the theory is, he is ducking process servers. Wow. Like, how do you, how do you go knock on? Just roll up to the gate at the White House. Go, excuse me, is Hunter around? Yes. I have a uh, pizza for him. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> so the, the the thought is he's hiding from from you know he can't hide from indictment because that 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 would come down federal and the marshals could walk right in there, but as far as from a civil process server, but I'm not. That's, sh- but that it's it's an interesting theory. But I really think Hunter is close because he's help he's harp, helping to be his dad's handler. Yep. And honestly, I don't think at this point with how political how we're torn apart politically between R's and D's. I don't think anything Hunter does is going to impact his his dad's reelection campaign. It's what it's what All President thing, Trump said, right? I could go out and shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, and people would still vote for me. It's true. It goes back to the the old saying: "Is I'll be reelected unless I get caught with a dead girl or live boy." Yep. 
yeah, we're at that point in politics where it just does not matter anymore. Yeah, every, everybody's on teams. Yep. So uh, stop editing films in the past. Yeah, Spielberg actually actually came uh, uh, kind of shocked the world with this. I know, and you shot me with this title because I missed it this week. So Steven Spielberg is actually apologizing for going back and do this uh, editing his shows in the past or his movies that came out. Yeah, the ET when they when they uh, edited out the shotguns that the federal agents had and put in radios, put in walkie talkies instead of guns. So I read in the thirtieth. Uh, anniversary edition, which is coming out, I, I forget in how many years, they're actually going to put the guns back in uh, in place of the walkie-talkies that he edited into the into the movie. Yeah, but it's, he, he makes a very good point. And, and this has been made by a, a lot of people. And I, and I think it may be Spielberg getting older, too, is you can't view these movies through today's sensitivities. Right. And, uh, yeah, and today's sensitivities in 50 more years could be completely different also. So are we going to continue editing movies every 10, 15 years uh, when the culture changes or moves in a different direction? Well, that's what uh, that's that's what oppressive governments do is they start changing history. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what China does, where they, they'll they say, hey, we like 90% of the movie, but you need to change this, this, and this, or we won't release it to our billion people. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that's what you know. That's what regimes do. That's not. That's not. That's not what we do in, in a free society. Art is what it is. You can't go back and change Casablanca. No, you can't. And it's. I mean, I spoke on this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast where I talked about Gone with the Wind now being edited and footnotes being placed all throughout the book to let viewers uh, understand how bad slavery was. I mean, I think we all understand at this point that slavery was a really bad thing in our history. I'm not sure we need to change around the book or edit the book to, to make it easier to read or more culturally appropriate at this point. Well, and they, you know, you, you were talking earlier uh, before the show about changing Charlie and the fact truck chocolate factory. Yes. Yeah, so what have they done? They've taken out references to fat. They've also taken out references to small so that they've made it kind of gender neutral now. So there's no such thing as a small men in the book. They call them small people. There's no small women as small people. So they're making everything gender neutral uh, and not labeling anybody what they are. Yeah, it's, well, it's, I saw one of the dumb, the, the dumbest things on uh, Gutfeld. You know, it's a school system that wanted to change men and women to those who put, produce sperm and people <laughs> who produce eggs. Jeez. So one of the women on the panel goes, so they're calling me a egg basket. <laughs> yeah i think it's katie katie pavlich or pa- pavlich that, that said that but, he, but yeah it's <clears throat> we're going we're going back and look jane you have the dose I, I was already thinking thinking about it i hadn't even seen the note but james bond yeah james bond's being changed i, I don't know if i've ever I mean, sat there and watched a james bond movie and thought this is so culturally insensitive uh, well you're an oppressor you're you're a straight white male yeah so i can't think that right uh, but no, Sean, Sean Connery forcibly kissed women, smacked women, uh, and, and all that. Hey, what's funny about the about the, the the violence aspect of it? And of course, I don't you know I don't support smacking women, but uh, what's what's funny about that is now we have female superheroes where it's totally appropriate to to punch her. Mm-hmm. 
to, to get in a fist fight because women are equal to men. Yep. But go, but going back is is uh you know you know Connery or as as 007 should smack smack a woman. Right. I don't know if you've ever, you've ever seen McClintock with oh, yes. uh, John Wayne. I have. And multiple, Maureen O'Hara. Multiple times. Is that the one where he throws his hat up on top of the, the roof? Yes. Yes. Great movie. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, he 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 he, he spanks her with a with a, <laughs> yes. a fireplace shovel. Right. And then next thing you know, they're laying in bed together and happy. Yep. <laughs> you mean you can't you can't go back and look at look at at John Wayne movies through the lens of 2023. I'm surprised all his movies haven't been canceled at this point. I watch the quiet my man every year on a, uh, on St. Patrick's day. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so <clears throat> speaking of, of spanking, we have Fanny uh, released a letter talking about eventually charging Trump this summer. Yeah, it's kind of came out of nowhere this week, right? I mean, we've heard rumblings that she may charge Trump, but I think she's made it official that sometime later this summer, there's going to be a formal indictment of President Trump. Well, it's, it's going to go to grand jury officially. Okay. I think I think the grand jury, she's not convening a special grand jury, so it's whatever dates they typically set, which I think is starting July 11th, if, if, I, if I recall correctly, but somewhere around there. But some, but what she was asking for was <clears throat> additional security. So she was alerting the uh, the state police, the the city police, the sheriff that if if they do indict, that they may, there may be violent protests. So once again, she's ta- she's making uh, making people out to be violent, right? If they go out and protest. Uh, I, d- I didn't see her office charge a single person with with burning police cars dur- during the riots, but but a bunch of people that that, that have MAGA hats on are violent. <laughs> so is uh, <clears throat> is Trump the only one going to be charged? I think that's what everybody's thinking at this point. Is it just President Trump, or do they charge other Georgia Republicans that uh, potentially were involved? I don't know. Uh, typical. Typical prosecutor's uh, tactic would be charge everyone mm-hmm. that you could possibly get an indictment on, and then lean on on folks to roll over on Trump. Right. I think I heard a couple of weeks ago where there were some people that were being investigated that were now turning to a sort of state's witness at this point. Uh, you know, some of the high-ranking supposedly Republicans and the fake electors that were you know, that met in the Capitol with David Schaefer. Some of those have flipped at this point. So it will be interesting to see the names of the people that have flipped if that ever comes out. And, Sch- and Schaefer's high enough profile to to uh, to want him charged if, if she can't get Trump. Yeah, I just don't know if many people outside of Republican circles know who David Schaefer is. I mean, I, I do, and I, I remember him running for lieutenant governor a few years ago against... Oh, our last lieutenant governor. But he, uh, you know, yeah. Did, did did you know he was adopted? No, I didn't. You know, David Schaefer served in the <laughs> state senator for a long time. Or in state senator. He started every speech I I went to that he, that he talked at and said he was adopted. So David Schaefer did. Yeah, yeah. I have never yeah. heard that. But on the, on the good side of it is his, his his angle was to make adoption easier. On, on everybody, the adopting families and on the children, rather than the the uh, uh, 
obtuse process we have now. Right. And Schaefer was a really big, powerful, I mean, he was a powerful state senator when he was in office. He had, I remember he was, I guess, president of the Senate. I mean, he literally lost just a handful of votes to, uh, who was our last lieutenant? I'm just absolutely blanking out. Yeah, to Duncan. Duncan. And I was talking with Schaefer at the time, and he saved up all his campaign cash for the general election and was really lamenting that if he'd have spent more money, he could have handily beat Duncan back in 2018. But And now he's potentially, I guess at this point, fast forward four or five years, he's potentially going to get indicted for the election conspiracy stuff. Yeah, I don't <clears throat> really... Those charges should be coming from Chris Carr's office, if, he, if Chris Carr actually did anything, <laughs> if if it were going to happen. Because it's, it's it's not a Fulton County crime. Right. It's 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 a state election law. And I understand that Fannie Willis is a state employee. But really, if, if those charges are going to come, that needs to come from the GBI and from the, the, the Attorney General's office, not from... And look at a all the county DA. I know. And look at all the things that are going on in her county, all the crime in her county. She could spend her time. I know she could spend her time a lot better just concentrating back at home versus going after a previous president. They have a huge backlog of cases. As we do all, all over the justice system. I sent a story to you that we're not covering uh, that, that's been hitting the news lately of a guy who was charged 10 years ago and has yet to see trial. Been in jail since. Yeah, we've talked about that issue a lot where people are staying in jail for an extended period of time pre conviction. Yeah, that was, I was, that story did not make me very happy. Well, it, it goes back to these DAs that, that push for, for no bail and, and stuff like that. So that's how we ended up with the person dead in Fulton County we talked about a week or two ago that was in the psych, psych wing of, of the Fulton County jail that just died of bug bites. Right. So we are, looks like we're getting THC oil. Well, not you and me. <laughs> not hopefully yet. Neither one of us have, uh, yeah, neither, hopefully neither one of us have a condition that necessitates us getting low THC oil. No, I, no, you're uh, right. And if you remember, Dave, on this one, Alan Peak uh, was the first state representative back in 2000, probably 15, 16, that really brought this issue up at a state level. And then, Finally, on 2000, in 2019, in the first year I was actually in office, Georgia's Hope Act passed, which was spearheaded by one of your local representatives. Uh, Micah. Yeah, Micah. Micah yeah, Micah. And so this has, been in, this, this has been in plan and in process now for probably seven, eight years. And it looks like two. Yeah, and, yeah, and one of the biggest advocates for it out here uh, spoke at the Capitol, worked tirelessly. He has a severely disabled daughter, uh, Jimmy Jabo wages. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Jabo worked tirelessly and worked hand in hand with, uh, with, uh, uh, Micah Gravely and really allow the personal experience. I think getting up there to the Capitol and meeting somebody, meeting a parent who is having to, to buy this medication illegally to, to help his, to help, you know, to look, if, if it were my kid, I would walk. I would walk through a fire and brimstone and hell to to get whatever medication my kid needed. Yeah, hundred percent. But we're, it looks like looks like we're getting two. Yeah, it looks like two. Disp- uh, looks like two locations have been approved. They've already been actually producing. They just haven't been able to 
<clears throat> open their storefront up yet. So it looks like within a matter of weeks, we'll have two locations that are open in the state of Georgia. And my biggest, biggest question is, it, has, it costs so much to get this license. It costs so much. There's so much oversight. Just operating within, within the confines of the HOPE Act is, is very difficult. Yeah, they made it very difficult. You had to have, they, they, there were two different kind of licenses. There was like a small license, a large license. You had to put up so much money for each license. And then the regulations around each are very, you know, the G, it's just very, like you just said, it's very expensive to operate in this model that we've created. Yeah, because because it's not a free market model. No, not at all. Uh, so you have to have. I think it's an indoor facility to grow it. Okay. Again, very expensive. Uh, and I know most most weed now is grown indoors because you can control the environment. Uh, the 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 product has to be tested, which any product you put on the market should be tested, but tested to make sure it doesn't have too much THC in it. Right. Uh, then you have a very limited customer base. Yeah, 27,000 patients in Georgia currently have a Georgia dispensary ID card. And those are people that will be able to buy medical cannabis. I would assume, Dave, as soon as these stores open, that number will shoot up dramatically. Because I, I think there's, I, ha, I forget the actual conditions you can get a medical ID card for. But there's quite a few medical conditions that. Yeah, can, cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, irretractable pain, right? Uh, seizures, which is which is what uh, uh, Jabo's daughter uh, was was using it or is using it for. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, but the the list is in list of conditions that that we believe that THC could help in comparison to what's actually allowed. It's very very small, right? And we have a we have a bunch of people that have the same medical degree as I have, which is none making decisions on what conditions a patient might benefit. Yeah. Right. Right. So you can have Crohn's disease, which I know quite a few people to have that. Uh, Alzheimer's autism, Tourette syndrome. There's quite a few intractable pain. Like you just mentioned. Luke Eric's. But I, yeah. ALS. Yeah. ALS. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you, yeah, you get Lou Gehrig's disease. You, I don't care what you use. I know, I'm with you. Such a such a horrible such a horrible disease. If 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 you want to do black tar heroin, if that, if that somehow make, makes you feel better, God bless you. Yeah, but your point is very um, valid. How much is this going to cost now? Because insurance will not cover the THC oil, not that I'm aware of. So what are the costs going to be for access to this THC oil as we move forward? Well, the the ne- the next thing is going to be we need to subsidize it. We've we've created the situation where it's almost in, it's 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 impossible if if I wanted to open up a small pot farm if I owned if I owned a building that that had uh, I don't know three hundred thousand square feet now I say you know what this would be perfect grow grow location no you can't you just can't go go down and get your business license and start growing pot. Right. Uh, it's hugely expensive to do it. They priced out. I knew, I knew some some folks that were going to get into it. That you know, not certainly not poor people, but not mega rich coming out of Cal- uh, California and Colorado with with pot money to come in and then, but but people that that had had the land had everything else couldn't afford to get into it because yeah. the the application fee was so high. And if if they say no, it's not like they give you your money back. 
Yeah, that's a give it to this. Yeah, you don't get your money back if you don't get approved for it. So I I don't think this is going to be a $30 a month medication. I don't either, but it's going to be a lot cheaper than going to Colorado to get it. Uh, I would I would assume unless it's just thousands and thousands of dollars. Or what, what, what you can buy on the market now, right. on, the, on the black market now. And look, I know there were, there were people that were running trains uh, that, were, that were going to, to different places, like Colorado, whatever, and going and buying in bulk. And then, and then div, you know, and splitting the cost with, with, with other parents that have, or other patients, so they, so they could hand it out. So, so we've had the medical marijuana card for six years now. And no way to get it legally. So it, it's one of those things where if you, it magically shows up in your hand and, and you happen to get searched by a police officer, here's my card. But actually getting it here was a, was a federal offense. And I know another friend of mine, Dale Jackson, down in the LaGrange area, he was a, a huge proponent of this too because he has a child that uh, has greatly benefited, again, from more of the black market THC oil. You know, I'm getting it uh, uh, via the black market. So I know Dale's probably very much pleased that you can get it in Georgia now. It may still be a hundred miles from them or 300 miles from them. <laughs> probably so. Yeah. I think both places the, are in the, Atlanta area. Yeah. And if, and if you live down in Savannah, that's a, that's a eight hour round trip to go get medication every month. Yeah. This is where I think the state royally screwed this up, making it very anti-free market. And they also made it where the reporting requirements on who owned, uh, had ownership stakes in a company were, and, and where I'm going with this is you could have, you could have political figures uh, putting money into these facilities because they know who was getting through the licensing product without having to report their ownership stake. So this was very, very anti-free market, very much tied up with, you know, again, political campaign donations and, I had a couple of people come to me two or three years ago, you know, wanting a license or inquiring about a license and, you know, asking the best way to get into this. Uh, and I hate to say this, but you got to get politically active, right? Because th- this is political. This is a lot less free market and a lot more political. You also had to satisfy the, the faith and freedom group. Right. Which I, I really think their, their influence is starting to wane. Um, but you had, you had to get past them. So you couldn't just say, "Hey, listen, if a doctor writes you a prescription for it, uh, have at it. If uh, if if you can produce it, uh, uh, have at it." We we couldn't have that because freedom and faith and freedom doesn't mean that. I, mean, I don't think they know what that word means. Yes, I need to. Re- yeah. I need to remove that word. Yeah, or my my faith and my freedom. <laughs> and, and and I've had the arguments with people with with faith and freedom before. So, uh, do you want to leave and, and go do some coke? I said, no, of course not. Would you get your, your, would you have a filling done without Novocaine? No, that sounds awful. Well, Novocaine is a derivative of cocaine. That's the cane in it. Bromocaine, mm-hmm. Novocaine. Uh, but of course you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it without any anesthetic. This is the same thing. This is not, uh, this is not a 12 year old with seizures rolling a spliff. It's, it's, it's a derivative. It's a medication. Right. But, but I think we'll, we'll see the, we'll, we'll start to see diagnoses open up on this. And I think there's going to be a huge push, especially from the, uh, from the Democrat side, as soon as it starts getting through, 
is the this idea that it's too expensive for parents. We need to subsidize it. Yes, I agree. That's That's got to be the logical next step. So not only are we going to be allowing private companies to produce it, the government is going to be their number one customer. <laughs> All right. So Gov- Governor Kemp signs bill aimed at cracking down on gangs. Yes, it's been a big push by the legislature this session around cracking down on crime again. And this was uh, Senate Bill 44 added a mandatory five-year prison sentence for anyone convicted of a gang crime and a mandatory 10-year sentence for anyone convicted of recruiting minors into a gang. I don't like minimums. I think there, there's, I think gang activity is way too broad. Do you remember the, the case in Douglasville a couple years ago where a bunch of rednecks went going past a, a, a black birthday party and, and the rednecks were just act, just actually acting a fool. <laughs> no, I don't, uh, I don't remember this I mean, one. They, yeah. I think they had rebel flags out and, and they're, and they're yelling stuff, but they, they not only got them, they not only got them for harassment and, and whatever else they did, they got a, they, they charged them under the gang statute. Wow. Cause it, it called that gang activity. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you define it? Yeah, I mean, that's the question, right? How do you define a gang in Georgia? Is it? Yeah, I mean, look, there was a TV. It probably still is a TV show on PBS or whatever it is on Sunday mornings called the Georgia Gang. Um, but how do you? How do you? Yeah, how do you define a gang? When 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 you when laws are put in like this, with broad definitions of what a gang is. Well, I you know, I have something I call the brain trust, which is trust me is 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 satirical in, in its name, mm-hmm. but we'd get to, we'd get together on a, on a lot of Fridays and hang out and and have a beer and and uh, it's mostly other business owners and stuff and we all just kind of blow off steam. Well, are we a gang? You know, I'm looking uh, I'm uh, looking uh, it up, Dave. That's a great question. It looks like you have to be. Uh, crim- you have to have some kind of criminal intent to be a gang. So unless you guys are criminally trespassing or trying to do some kind of criminal damage, you're probably okay. I know. I, I, I'm aware we are, but <laughs> but the the minute that that one of us breaks the law, yes, right. And as long as there's three or more people, that's considered. I guess what the definition is. So as long as there's three people, right. so, so I I get where we're going with this. It's knee jerk reactions. Instead of the voters addressing these DAs, I keep going back to these damn district attorneys, right? Because it's the DAs that that are doing this. It is. It's the DAs that that are letting off violent criminals on one side, and then keeping somebody locked up in a, in a county jail for ten years on the other. Yeah, you got. We, we have DAs and the judges too, though, and they're both uh, elected by citizens. And look, it, and even even as a judge, I would I would have a hard time charging a 17-year-old fresh-faced kid to 10 years because he got sucked into a gang. I agree. When there's, there, there has to be other aversions, especially somebody that young. Now, look, we all have the picture in our mind of a, of a gang member with tattoos on his face and down his arms, and I don't care if it's Yakuza or if it's Crips or if it's, uh, if it's Latin Kings or whoever. We have, this, we have this view of what a gang member looks like. But remember, there a lot of... A lot of gang members they they recruit these kids because they don't have any other options. And I'm not saying the kids, but at 17 years old, you're going to take this kid, lock him away until he's 27, 28, and has now spent 10 years at Smith State Prison, and the only way to get protection is to stay with your gang. 
Right. Yeah. And, you know, we have a, a huge gang problem in down in the area I live in. We've got to talk to a law enforcement officer a couple of weeks ago, and he said, we've got the Bloods and the Crips, and then we've got two or three Mexican gangs that all operate in the area. So it's become a huge problem, and they're going in recruiting, like you said, these kids that they're even recruiting them at, you know, elementary school level, so second, third, fourth graders, because these kids have no home. You know, there's no dad at home. The mom's at home, but she's not. She's useless in a lot of cases. Uh, and the gangs are recruiting these kids because it's the only place they can feel self-worth. It's also money. I it, mean, it's fictionalized, but Goodfellas. The the you you get the get the kid who's kind of running the streets, and you take him on your wing, you make him a lookout, and and he starts working his way up through the ranks. Right. And and we tend to romanticize the the Italian gangs, you know, the Goodfellas, and 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 all because fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. So so is Casino, essentially the same movie with different plot. It is. Um, <laughs> outstanding movies. We love these movies, and we mm-hmm. love romanticizing these movies. And we, we kind of love thinking of the feds as the bad guy, and we're kind of pulling uh, pulling for for the mobsters. But in reality, what, what gangs are is recruiting uh, you know five, six, seven year old kids because they one they're not going to prison. If you if they're ever if they're running cash or drugs for you back and forth, no one's going to stop a six year old. Right. Hell, I don't even know sure most police officers would feel comfortable stopping just a six year old run down the street and search him. Yeah. This, so, uh... I get the intent, but I, I do get the I intent. I, and I, I think, I mean, I, I, I 100% get the intent on this. It, it's one of the interesting points. This is, is, this is truly reversing a lot of the legacy of the former governor, Nathan Dale, though, who was really trying to reduce a lot of these mandatory sentences and refusing to add new mandatory sentences. So we've, it's really kind of a stark contrast between the last Republican governor and Governor Kemp, who's been a lot harder than a lot harder on crime than I think anyone thought uh, the legislature and get the governor would be. Yeah, I, I the, the one thing I do like about it uh, is uh, mandates judges to require bail from people who have previously skipped bail. Yeah, this is the so, cash bail debate on whether you should have to require cash bail or not. Look, I think it's good. Like you just said, I think what a lot of judges are going to do is require like a dollar for cash bail and you're going to have the same revolving door problem. But at least the intent behind it is, you know, requiring some level of bail for these people to get out that have been convicted before. And look, I'm I'm okay with ROR for simple possession, any sort of any sort of possession, possession crime, even even dealing is I mean, if it's nonviolent. I, I, I don't care, uh, mostly because I because I don't think and dr- I think drug most drug offenses should be decriminalized. Uh, but but the requiring bas- uh, cash bail on people who already have warrants somewhere, no kidding, <laughs> yes. or somebody who is who has skipped bail before got out ROR never showed up, have bench warrants. The only the only concern with it is you can have a bench warrant and not know it. Good, yes, you. You could have, and I know that somebody this happened to where he paid the ticket years ago, moved out of state, got a driver's license out of state, moved back into state, got a driver's license, no problem. Gets pulled over, and somehow he comes up hot for owing like $100 from 10 years before. Wow. 
and they had a bench warrant out for him. And uh, uh, and, 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 a, and a mutual lawyer friend got to him at the jail. He goes, he goes, this is this is BS. He starts, he starts. He goes, look, do you want to pay? The, you want to pay the the hundred dollars plus plus whatever the the processing the late fee was, or do you want to pay? Uh, do you want to wait for bail and pay me thousands of dollars to fight it? He goes, I'll pay it. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of paying, di- the Disney is suing DeSantis. Yeah, it feels like this has been going on forever over at least the last couple of years where DeSantis has picked this fight or, you know, it really started out as Disney coming out against the, you know, quote unquote, don't say gay bill, which had nothing to do with saying, you know, gay, but, you know, Disney really spoke out against that. DeSantis pushed back and the Florida legislature pushed back about it. Uh, really took away that special exemption that Disney world have. So if you don't, or you're not aware of this, Disney really had a special, right down there where they had their own property. They had to take care of their own property, you know, and it was tax abatements for them and, and the legislature and DeSantis took all that away uh, over the last year. And now yeah, they, had, they had self-governance. Yeah, they did. They had self-governance. And if you've been to Disney world, they did a really good job of self-governing themselves. The roads were roads in and out were perfect, right? No potholes. Uh, yeah, I mean, they did a good job self-governing, so they're basically taking that away now. Yeah, I haven't been to Disney in probably 35 years. Oh, I've been too many times uh, and spent way too much money. But, but yeah, so, so you know, DeSantis is taking that away, and Disney's saying that's retaliation for them speaking out against the, you know, the don't say gay bill, and DeSantis is basically taking away their First Amendment rights of speech. And if you remember a couple of years ago, the Supreme Court ruled that corporations do have free speech rights and they're protected in that Citizens United case. So I think DeSantis, this is a losing case for him. I think Disney's going to win this on First Amendment rights. And I think they're going to say he retaliated against them. That's, I, th- I still think that's, that's, a, that's a tough one because he's not, he's not taking away something that everybody else has. He's, he's arguably taking away something they should have never had. Yeah, he's taking away a special exemption that was given to them. I think, though, the, I think here why it's going to not work in his favor is it's going to be retaliation. And I think in any other yeah, year, but, he potentially could have done it. But if they tie retaliation to doing this, that's where it's going to come up short. Yeah, it's, it's funny to me to hear such a left-wing corporation start talking about not being not being business-friendly. <laughs> right. Um <laughs> The, the thing is, is this wasn't done by executive order. This was done through the legislature. Right. So I can understand them suing the state of Florida. And not they may or may not have a case. Not DeSantis personally. Mm-hmm. Because he, 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 though his, whatever his motivation was, doesn't matter. He doesn't have the authority to do it without the other branches of government, without having the legislature pass the bill, without him signing it, and without the Florida Supreme Court reviewing it. Uh, you know, so I, all the I agree. all those things had to happen. So i i don't i don't i don't see i don't see DeSantis reaching into his to his pocket to pay Disney unless it. It's a lot of the timing of this stuff is is curious as we're coming into campaign campaign season for president, and this may be a way of throwing a shackle on him and keeping him from going anywhere. Yeah, probably so. And, and there's you know DeSantis not, is not yeah, not that he'll win, but but screw him, you're not going to be president. And DeSantis is still not announced he's running for president yet because Florida has not passed a law 
to enable him to remain governor while he actually runs for president. So right now in, in the Florida legislature is about to adjourn for the year. They have to pass. So if he ran for president, he would have to step down as Florida's governor at this point. So he's still trying to even get a law passed in Florida to allow him to stay governor and run for president. So there's, we'll have he to give be, a, yeah, we got to give an update on that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. He'd be better off. Just be, be the best governor of Florida you can be. I agree. I think he's not particularly likable. He has some serious second amendment issues with red flag laws. Uh, so he, he and and it's not that Trump doesn't have Second Amendment issues. He he certainly does, and certainly Trump has his own uh, uh, legal issues. But it's, it just looks like the people are using the the courts to go after the two front runners for for Republican. Yep, it does. So Burt Jones asked Sonny Purdue to report on where they're spending money. This yeah. is for this is the universities. Yeah, so the, there was a $66 million cut this year. The legislature passed to the university system. And and Sonny Perdue came out and spoke really you know, tough against that cuts. He said the university system in Georgia is going to start raising tuition and fees on students coming in. And as part of that, Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones, which I really like what he's done here. So he said, all right, if you got to raise cost and you're complaining against this cut, I want to see where you're spending your money. So he wrote a letter last week that said, and it was basically talking about the diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, but he wanted to know how much the university system of Georgia spent on D, E, and I programs. Yeah, in other words, how much are you spending on BS? Is 100%, right? How much are you wasting uh, the taxpayer money on these BS programs? Well, it's like the school system out here that hired a diversity coordinator after one cheerleader said one stupid thing on one video that got that hit YouTube a few years ago. Oh, and it's not just a coordinator. It's the coordinator and her assistant and, and all that goes with but, but, that. But it's a, it's a, it's a six figure, oh, six figure yeah. job. Yes. And I'm, it can only, it, it cannot, it, it, I don't qualify for that job. No. And it's not my lack of education. No, so I, I so, look. I'm I'm I like Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones pushing back against Sonny Perdue and asking to see where they spend the money. This was look. We ought to be doing this every year. We ought to be asking the university system every year where they're spending money because tuition continues to climb, fees continue to climb, and they keep building. You know, if you go up to University of Georgia in Athens, the campus is immaculate. Every time you go up there, there's a new building being built. So look, let's look and see where we're spending all of our money. That's it's coming into the system. And you notice, no, 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 has an immaculate campus. Savannah, what, what is this? Uh, uh, Savannah school design. Yeah, whatever SCAD, it is. Yeah. SCAD. Uh, SCAD. Uh, and they're all private and their right. campus is absolutely gorgeous. And now it's half a Savannah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's immaculate, gorgeous. And that's all private. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this. I think the the major major departments need to be audited every year, oh, and I, I think agree. we would save a ton of money even creating a new department just to audit them. Yep, and there's a new committee that was formed in Georgia this year, also from legislation that was passed to start looking into all the tax cuts and are actually tax credits that the Georgia gives to businesses around the state. So again, that's a great thing. We need to be looking at every tax credit that a company gets. 
and seeing if it's being beneficial to Georgia and the taxpayers. And, and if and if I were running against Kemp uh, for Senate, I would take Rivian, <laughs> hang that around his neck, and try let him try to swim with it. <laughs> yes, I agree. I mean, that's that. That'd be the first thing I did in the primary is I would hang Rivian right around his neck and go, where are the jobs? Yeah, find a couple issues and and stick with that. That's what most candidates don't realize. Hell, my campaign ad would be Rivian trucks, but ugly, just like <laughs> Kemp's policies. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions, not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work own or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. So Mule of the Week, I, I found this one. Dwayne Wade says he left Florida because his family doesn't feel uh, accepted. He has a he has a trans child, or they do, he and Gabrielle Union. Yeah, they moved to California, right? And this was all part of the, I know we've mentioned it in, this, in the podcast, but uh, part of the don't say gay bill. He said his trans kid does not feel safe anymore and accepted in Florida. So he moved to California. And for those who don't, who don't like round ball, Dwayne Wade was a star for the Miami Heat. Uh, you and I were talking before the show. He lived in South Beach. Yeah. I mean, is- what are they... One of the gayest places to live. Yeah, it's just very liberal, uh, very liberal place, right? With people from all over the world that live there. So I, nobody doesn't feel accepted in South Beach because of either being gay or being uh, part of the LGBTQ community. I mean, I, one of my favorite movies, The Birdcage, was was set in South Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a line where the kid asked, asked uh, Robin Williams, don't can't we find a straight maid? He goes, son, there are no straight maids in South Beach. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But but he 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 even admits that he's paying him more in taxes to live in California. He's like, yeah, the tax situation was good there. But it's you're not hurting anybody's feelings by moving out. You're not, and you know why you think you need to rehash the story. I mean, who cares? Move wherever you want. Move where you want to move, but don't lie about the reason why you're moving. Yeah, and, and I, it, yeah, it goes all back to to HB fifteen fifty seven. It's it's uh, uh, obviously he never took the time to sit down and read the the law, and it says you're not going to discuss gender issues with kids below third grade. Right. Yeah, it's like K through three that you cannot discuss gender issues with, and that was the law. That was basically all it said. Yeah, I, th- I think even fifth grade is a little young. Actually, I remember having sex ed in fifth grade, and the movie we watched was made by Disney, believe it or not. <laughs> I said movie, it was, it was a cartoon. <laughs> All right, so update on the state of Georgia GOP. I know, we're running late, so I'll, I'll be sort of quick on this, Dave. I just think it's very interesting. Georgia GOP currently chairman is David Schaefer, who we mentioned earlier, who potentially will be indicted by... Willis up in Fulton County. He's not running for chairman again. The Georgia GOP last weekend had all their district conventions where you nominate chairman and vice chairman and, and treasurers around the state. And the, the thing I thought was very interesting is Candace Taylor is actually a first district GOP chairman now. Uh, this Candace was the lady that ran against Governor Kemp in a primary. I think she ran for Senate too, Dave. 
with the yeah, she did at one point with the saying Jesus guns and babies. My kids always yeah, like when also I say the one that. soaking up a paycheck who took uh, a bunch of leave, right? She's an educator. A bunch of leave to, to yeah. She's and especially for where she lives, she's a six-figure public school employee, right? And she's just a—I mean, I think she's a total grifter. She, you know, she said after she won the the chairmanship this weekend, she said, "When they can't cheat, I win." So I don't know what election she thinks she got cheated in and actually should have won. She got less than four percent when she ran against Governor Kemp. So I don't know if she's claiming she should have won that election. That's like me running the Atlanta Marathon and saying everybody above me cheated. <laughs> I mean, because I stopped running like three hundred yards in. Right, but so so the few- like she, she's 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 a nutcase. Uh, she 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 really is. Her uh, her 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 stuff with with uh, uh with, with hitting Kemp the the guide stones. Yes, the guide stones were struck down by God. Um. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that she just keeps, and and none of her followers hold her accountable to it. No, nothing. If she says something that's outrageous and stupid, and then just moves on. Yep. So what's so interesting about the Georgia GOP at the moment is they really have become irrelevant. And when I got into politics years ago, the Georgia GOP was sort of a force in Georgia politics. And at this point, uh, you know, Governor, they're having their convention in Columbus in June. Governor Kemp's not attending. Chris Carr's not attending. Raffensperger's not attending. So they have basically placed themselves by electing people like Candace Taylor and, and leadership roles relevant in the state of Georgia. All the candidates are just bypassing them now. They're, Georgia GOP is just done, basically. I mean, they are totally it, irrelevant. It's, it's the MAGA divide. It is the MAGA divide. Yep. You have you have the the Candace Taylors of the world. You have as as, as, as wonderful as woman she is, the Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, 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 constituency, mm-hmm. which I which I'm one of. But I mean, when you when you get into the into the followers of these people, you're, uh, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, it's just oh, it's god. not a place that elected officials want to be anymore. And look, I think we need to call elected officials out when they don't when they do things that are not you know what they said or they campaigned against. But in this case, you've just got it, the Georgia GOP is just an eclectic mix of characters at this point. And the governor now can raise, he's got a leadership pack. He can raise unlimited amounts of money into uh, the lady that ran for Senate or was our Senator a couple years ago. She has got her organization fair fights. Uh, Loeffler. Yeah. Loeffler's got her own organization that's pouring money into the state of Georgia. So you know, the guys at a state level like Kemp, are, are, they don't need the Georgia GOP any longer. Now, you know, to wrap this up, one of my friends, uh, former state senator Josh McCoon, is running for chairman. I hope Josh wins. I think he can bring some normalcy back to the Georgia GOP, and I think he can sort of make amends with Governor Kemp and the crew. But uh, if he doesn't, it's going to be a more just race to the bottom with the GOP in Georgia. Yeah, and yeah, that's the, even the the conversation when Trump lost was with is he going to start his own party? Right. Is uh, the, the party's ripping itself apart? Because you have you have like the two of us on the on the libertarian side, the limited government side, mm-hmm. and then you have then you have the the MAGA people who 
are are more interested in slogans. Right. American America first. Well, what exactly does that mean? Yep. You know. But anyway. So, you've got your closing thoughts. Pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, I was watching an NFL draft last night. As many issues as the Atlanta Falcons have and need to address, they ended up choosing a running back in the first round, Bijan Robinson. So I hope Bijan does well with the Atlanta Falcons next year. But man, there's a lot of uh, upset Falcons fans this morning that they didn't draft a, either an offensive or defensive lineman. So I th- we'll we'll see how the rest of the draft goes. But uh, very interesting first round pick by the Falcons. Well, what's funny is you, is you watch you watched him fall all the way to eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was number one in the position, but most teams were like, you know, a running back is a rental. You have them for their first contract, and a lot of times they're used up by that. Right. So it, it was an interesting pick. I was, I don't watch the draft live because I just don't. I, I get the alerts on, on on the screen and stuff, but but I. To, for the those people that sit around and just watch the draft and wait for their sit there for four hours wait for their team to get get called right. Uh, mine is Janet Jackson was forced to reschedule her concert last week. Why? The Hawks made it to uh, game six or whatever it was. Yeah, game six in the playoffs, which they weren't expected to do. So, from what I understand, there she had two nights. She was going to do Wednesday and Thursday. So, they had to set, set up Wednesday at, at State Farm, tear everything down, put, put the floor back in. The Hawks go in and lose to the Celtics. And then take the floor back up and reset up. I don't think Jackson's shows are... Or just her standing in front with a guitar. I think there's a lot of yeah, rigging a and, lot. And, and and all that stuff that goes on with it. Um, so good for all those guys that that do that work because like they got a bunch of overtime. Yeah, they're getting a lot of overtime. And that Friday night, she's going to be performing at State Farm, and Taylor Swift will be in a Mercedes Benz performing the same night. So if well, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine the traffic in downtown Atlanta? Uh, uh, be- between between the uh, the teenagers and the, <laughs> the the middle aged people, yes. Like if you're a Jan Jackson fan at this point, you're you're my age. You're my age or older. Oh, hundred percent. And and you want that concert to start around six o'clock and be done by nine, so you can be <laughs> home by ten. Yes. <laughs> so on that thought of 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 getting old, big thanks to Eric Cumby who takes our audio and edits it for us. To Ken Poland, my, my partners in Endeavor, I am Dave Roberts. We'll talk to you next week.
up to my chin. 